This is Jake Whitko, and you're listening to Bubble Team. Here, we'll take an in-depth look into the pandemic world of sports. We'll cover your favorite professional sports like baseball, football, hockey, basketball. We'll go in-depth on the sidelines and take a look at collegiate sports as well. And believe it or not, we'll step into the squared circle and take a look at the wide world of professional wrestling. So sit back, relax, and remember, your favorite teams are coming back. This is Bubble Team. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Bubble Team. I'm Jake Whitko. And I'm Justin Blum. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, one of my favorite sports, the NHL, professional hockey, the National Hockey League. Uh, I've been a huge fan of hockey for my entire life, and Justin is a newbie that uh, is learning the sport. He has a little bit of knowledge, but uh, definitely not as extensive as I do. Would you Would you say that's fair, Justin? Yeah, I would. You know, out of the you know the three major sports, you know, you got the NFL, you got the NBA, you got and the NHL. That's pro hockey. The NHL is probably the one I have the least experience with, mainly because you know Houston's never really had their own professional hockey league team, which is a shame. Yeah, they're, I mean, the National Hockey League team. I I used to go to... Uh, Arrows games. Yeah, Arrows games. But I was like, I think, what, five or six? That You know, I was way too young. I was probably like, oh, wow. You know, they're playing in freezing cold weather and, you know, on the ice skates, you mm-hmm. know, hitting a hitting a puck around. So, I, you know, at that age, you, you know, you, you just know you're just out there watching the, uh, you know, the, the players, you know, skating around the ice. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes every once in a while I get... Take a take a shot, you know, get pressed pressed up against the uh, the the glass. Mm-hmm. So so, but again, like I was kind of saying, you know, you don't really understand that. So now that I'm getting a little bit older, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit trying to get a little bit more uh, into uh, the National Hockey League. And the closest team, unfortunately, that we have right now is the Dallas Stars, the Stanley Cup runner-up Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll get a little bit more into that uh, as we go forward. Uh, like I've said before, uh, I am a Pittsburgh sports fan in general. Uh, my teams are the Pirates, the Penguins, the Steelers, and then the San Antonio Spurs because I uh, moved to Texas in 2000 and uh, have been a fan since I, I lived there. Before that, it was the Bulls because Jordan and, you know, Jordan. Um but I just wasn't a big basketball fan growing up because Pittsburgh didn't have a basketball team. So it's funny yeah. how that, that kind of evolves your fanhood as you, uh, as you get older, like in, in your formative years, you tend to navigate towards the sports that you can actually maybe attend a little bit more than others. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but yeah, being in Texas, it makes it a little difficult. The Dallas stars didn't even come around until the mid nineties. So it's, I, I totally get it being down here in Texas, but um, today uh, I believe what the kids say is uh, we going to learn you. So we're going to teach you guys about the NHL and not necessarily hockey in general, but what they're going through here in the pandemic through the COVID-19 and what they did to stay safe and reopen just like we've done with all the other sports. Um, a little bit later, we're going to have a amazing guest join us. You might know him as the play-by-play voice of the Rockford Ice Hogs, if you're listening to this and you happen to be a fan of the AHL, which is minor league hockey in the United States and parts of Canada. Uh, he's Mr. Joseph Zakshevsky, or Joey Z, as he's known uh, uh, to friends and family alike, uh, and a lot to his radio listeners as well. Uh, believe it or not, Joey is a Sam Houston State alum. 
He and I graduated around the same time. He and I were both on the uh, SHSU club travel hockey team. It's a roller hockey team. So he and I go back a long way and we are super lucky to have him on. He had some time in his schedule and he fit us in. We want to thank him very much for doing that, but we'll get to him a little bit later. We want to go through everything that the NHL did first, and then we'll throw it over to the interview that uh, Joey uh, and I did earlier, earlier today. Um, First and foremost, let's go ahead and talk about the NHL season, the 2019-2020 NHL season. It's the 103rd season of the NHL, the 102nd season to play. They've lost the season due to a uh, lockout in 2005. Um, The regular season began back in October uh, uh, of 2019, October 2nd, and uh, they normally finish their seasons in June. However, March 12th rolled around. March 12th seems to be a day kind of uh infamous in this podcast it's when a lot of leagues decided to wrap up play for the time being but march 12th is when they suspended play indefinitely due to the covid19 pandemic um it took them a little bit uh we went through march and april we didn't have any word on what the nhl was going to do we are still learning about the covid19 pandemic in the states uh we're still trying to figure out the best way to go about it but on may 22nd the nhl announced uh, that they've agreed to join back for a, um, uh, a regular, the end of a regular season, uh, so that they could finish that up and have a Stanley cup playoffs, just like normal. Um, they did a kind of interesting seating for this tournament for the Stanley cup playoffs. It's a little different than normal. We'll get into that whenever it happens, but, um, it was the top 12 teams in each conference and they joined in. They started the Stanley cup playoffs pretty much from the day that they, um, they went to their quote unquote bubbles and the NHL sent their teams to two centralized cities, which all happened to be in Canada. They were located in Toronto playing in the Scotiabank arena and Edmonton playing in Rogers place. There were no team or no spectators allowed only a central staff. Um, and the players coach and all, all that stuff. So, uh, no fans. We've seen this with the NBA. They did a great job with their bubbles. Um, and, um, they're happy to say that during their bubble season, they had no positive tests either. So good for the NHL. Good job with that. We have noticed that bubbles tend to be the best way to keep players from getting sick because you can monitor who they're in contact with. You can monitor who's coming in and out of um, uh, areas that these players would be in in general. So you can keep an eye on who's sick and who's not. It does make it a lot difficult when you're allowing teams to go home to family or players to go home to their families and their kids were at school and you don't know who's sick there and who's not Their Their significant others might be out shopping or whatnot. They don't know who they're exposed to. So the bubbles have been a very good um, at least framework to keeping players safe and the NHL and the NBA were no exception to that. They did a great job with that. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like we've talked about this before, I think in our introductions, you know, um, yeah, the NBA and the NHL, I think they, they, they absolutely nailed it. They absolutely are, I guess, part in the sports pun, but they absolutely knocked it out of the park. I know it's the wrong sport, but yeah, but again, in NBA, NHL, I think they, you know, the, the way they handled this situation, you know, just miles ahead, in my opinion, of, you know, uh, baseball and how the NFL, what the NFL is going through and, uh, 
yeah, uh, even you know, even NASCAR, mm-hmm. uh, you know, NASCAR went through a uh, interesting period. You know, they had some good results, but still not quite as good as uh, what we've seen through the bubbles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so when the NHL stopped their season and then when they returned to play. Uh, on May 26th is when they made the announcement. They announced that there would be 24 teams in the playoffs, 12 from each conference. Uh, it's the Eastern and Western Conference. They ignored the uh, divisions of the conferences, like the Metro Division or the um, the Southern Division, things like that. Uh, I, I think that's right. Am I, am I wrong about the divisions? I know the Metro's one because I'm a huge Penguins fan. Um, oh, goodness. Give me one second here, folks. I want to find this out real quick. Atlantic divisions and things like that. Sorry. Uh, Atlantic, Metropolitan, Central, and Pacific. There you go. There's the four divisions of the NHL. I'm I'm a terrible sports fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan. I like the players, but like anything around the league, I my brain just kind of like compartmentalizes. So anyways, yes, they ignored the divisions going into the playoffs. They only went with the, uh, the 12 teams based on standings. Um, so in the Eastern conference, you had the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay lightning, Washington capitals, and Philadelphia flyers. They all advanced to a seeding round Robin tournament where the four of them played each other to decide who was the number one seed, number two seed, number three seed, number four seed for the tournament. However, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Islanders, Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets, Florida Panthers, New York Rangers, Montreal Canadiens all played in a qualifying round to make it to the first round of the playoffs. I know that's really confusing. That's the number one thing the NHL did wrong with this playoff format is it was confusing as absolute anarchy. No one understood why this was happening it seemed very easy to just take the top eight teams like normal or take the top 12 teams and finish the season a la the NBA. The NBA absolutely nailed how they figured out the rest of the regular season. They had the teams play in and figure out who was going to win those games. The NHL was a little confusing because these games weren't uh, regular season games. These games were all qualifying in playoff rounds. So... That's a little confusing. Uh, all the teams were reseeded after the first two rounds too. So that was more confusing. Um, but what it ended up leading to was a Dallas Tampa Bay Stanley cup final where the Tampa Bay lightning ended up capturing their second Stanley cup championship with uh, Victor Hedman, uh, one of the uh, alternate captains for the uh, Tampa Bay lightning is a defenseman taking home the uh, uh, Conn Smythe trophy as the, uh, sorry, Conn Smythe trophy as the uh, NHL's playoff MVP. It's a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> it, re- it really is, you know, and I, I do have to kind of agree with you on the fact that, you know, their playoff, you know, how they kind of structured the playoffs just really convoluted. Like I, like I, like we kind of talked about, I'm not really, you know, I wasn't really, I'm not really that, you know, big into hockey mm-hmm. again, growing up. And, you know, even I, you know, just looking at it and I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. There was qualifiers. And then there, you had to do this to get in. And then, then you have 24 teams. So I'll admit it, it was kind of confusing. And like you said, the NBA, 
with their playoff structure, you know, they absolutely nailed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's funny to mention that while both of these teams did a, uh, and I don't want to say traditional bubble because this is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> but uh, what we know as bubble teams, these were the two that did this first and they both did it very well. Actually, I take it back. They're not the first to do it. Um, the National Women's Soccer League did it first, but we'll get into more of that later. Ah, look at me teasing future episodes. <laughs> ah, We'll get into that more later. These were two of the first major American male professional sports to do it. Um, However, it is very interesting to note that um, before the season was shut down in early March, uh, teams like the San Jose Sharks and uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, both had mandates in place from their states that were limiting the amount of mass gatherings. So the uh, San Jose Sharks, they were going to play three home games without fans. Uh, they were actually going to play normal games kind of the way that baseball was doing this year. Um, hmm. But that actually didn't end up happening because by March 12th, uh, the league had been shut down. But it is interesting to note that they were looking at that as a option before any of this was even mentioned as a shutdown. So... Both the NHL was very uh, on top of it. They were very interested in keeping their players safe. Um, before the um, uh, before the bubble had returned to play, the NHL had run into a couple positive tests. Um, not very many. Uh, I think it was close to five or six. Um, but before they returned to play in uh, October. Um, uh, excuse me, uh, before they returned the, uh, returned back to play, um, everybody had been, uh, safely, uh, returned back to health. They had, uh, been quarantined and, um, they were not, um, infected or infectious whenever they went into the, the bubbles. So that's, that's very good right there. They, they handled it very well. And, uh, I, the two players were, or the, the players were with the uh, Ottawa Senators and the Colorado Avalanche. Both of those players were uh, able to, um, again, recover and join their teams after quarantining. Um, the other interesting thing here that uh, I feel has to be mentioned is the NHL was dealing with something that only one other league in our, uh, all of what we're talking about is dealing with, um, a majority or not a majority, but a large number of their teams are in Canada. While the NBA has the Toronto Raptors and the MLB has the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. That's the only teams that are in those leagues that are in Canada. So it was easy to take one of those teams and relocate them for the rest of that season. And yep. while, while the NBA had the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs, they, when they went into the bubble, the, it was immediately into games. Whereas there's a large number of Canadian teams that made the playoffs this year in the NHL. So, and the border got shut down between the United States and Canada. So this preve- pre- uh, prevented another issue. Now, they weren't going to be allowing players to come back and forth across the border. Uh, 
So whenever they set the bubbles up, the players that went to that lived in the United States that are American had to go to Canada. And this became a very tense and interesting conversation between uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who had to give federal approval to allow Americans to come into Canada during this time of quarantine, during this time of shutdown. Um, and he allowed the federal approval, uh, barring that they take all the tests and make sure that no one was coming into the country with this, with, with the, uh, the COVID-19 infection. And they were monitored regularly whenever they were bringing them across. And what's interesting about this and among the many things that are interesting with it is the players that were coming from America had to go to Canada in June. Oof. Before, yeah, before the season even, or the, the season, season ease, blah, I can't talk before the season even resumed. So they were there from June all the way through October. Now, once the team was knocked out of the playoffs, they were, they were free to uh, return home. Um, especially with the non-essential travel uh, being banned until June 21st. Um, however, it, you, it just, you gotta, you gotta understand that while, the NBA was sending guys to Disney world. These guys are being sent to Toronto and Edmonton respectively. And they had no idea how long they were going to be there. Now they could have been there through October. They could have had a government rule get set up between the time when they got there in June and the end of October, whenever they finished the season and they would have had to stay in Canada for a year or until all the, uh, the, the bands were lifted. They didn't know, but players decided that, Hey, I really, we want to finish the season. We want to get paid. Uh, we're going to take all the precautions that we can. We're going to go quarantine ourselves and join this bubble for a long period of time. And it's, it's insane to think that, Hey, maybe I'm stuck in a foreign country for it, it, an undisclosed amount of time. And while Canada isn't necessarily crazy foreign to a lot of people, especially since a lot of these players are also Canadian on American teams. There mm-hmm. are Americans, there are Russians, there are Europeans. There's a ton of people on these NHL teams that aren't from Canada. So you are thinking that, Hey, they might be stuck in Canada for an undisclosed amount of time. So that whole thing that went into that is just absolutely mind boggling and lucky for, for them since they were, tested so regularly it wasn't that hard for them to get their um their visas and whatnot to get back across the border but had had the president of the united states decided that hey i don't want anyone coming across that border no matter what had justin trudeau uh the prime minister of canada said the same thing i don't want to let anyone out of this country right now like it's not a good thing they could have been stuck there but like i said lucky for them everything Mm -hmm. was was taken care of everything was handled properly and promptly. And there were no situations where players were stuck in a large, a largely unknown area for an undisclosed amount of time. Then that's just crazy. (laughs) Uh, I know it's, it's almost ridiculous. when you think about it, you know, and like you were saying, they are lucky. I mean, very, very lucky. Like almost go, like go buy a lottery ticket. Lucky, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you go, I mean, you could be stuck. What happens if you know? So you know, I don't know if this would really happen, but so let's say they, you know, they have the clear, they get, you know, they have the clear, the uh, the green right, 
the green light to leave Canada. And then all of a sudden, uh, President Trump, you know, says, no, these guys got to go back. And then, of course, Trudeau would. What if Trudeau said, no, uh -uh, you're going, you know, you're going back to the United States. And then you basically would be playing, you know, these guys lives would be basically a game of going back and forth and back and forth, like a game of badminton or, so, badminton or something like that. You know, it's mm -hmm. just really crazy. You know, they're, they're extremely lucky that, you know, everything worked out the way that it did. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, it, they, everybody was, it, it worked out the way it did and everything went the way it should have. And you're right. One tiny hiccup somewhere along the line could have made this incredibly, incredibly difficult for, you know, international relations for hockey in general, just all kinds of different snafus that could have popped up. But the NHL took this very seriously. They went into a very contained bubble to start the, to redo these seasons. And all the travel was done via um, uh, chartered flights uh, between Toronto and Edmonton whenever they wrapped up the uh, the Stanley Cup finals. Um, and yeah, like, I, like you said, everyone got very lucky and everything worked out for the best in the end. Uh, however, there were so many moving pieces and it was like, it's like threading a needle while riding a bike, you know, like it's, uh -huh. it's probably very difficult. So congrats to them for finishing the way that they did. Congrats to them on being able to complete the season. Um, it was fun to watch hockey uh, have the main main floor for a couple of weeks there before the NBA started back up. And it was fun to watch these teams that had been rested kind of do like a really hard playoff push um, right when they got into the bubble, the same way the NBA did. It was really fun to watch these guys who had been completely rested play out of their minds because there was no travel. There was no, uh, you know, overwhelming exhaustion from a, a long season beating down on them. So in the playoffs, we saw some of the best play we've ever seen. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious, you know, you know, season's over. It's time, you know, time to move on, but I'm really curious to see how they're going to handle things next season, but we can talk about that in a little bit though, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it, we, um, we would have to point out that the, um, the NHL plans to restart their season for the 2020 or 2021 season. Uh, they plan to have the whole season in 2021. Uh, however, they don't plan on starting until January one. Uh, that could get pushed back. That could be, um, that could, that date could change. I know that they're having some conversations right now because uh, we're getting to the point where there's only a month left before January 1st and no one's in training camp yet. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I saw that the other day that they won. That was actually my next point. I saw that they wanted to start by January 1st. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're almost in December and there's no one. No, there's, there's nothing set up. There's no training camps. There's no, you know, uh, stadium arranged. I don't think they have anything, you know, I guess they're going to plan to, you know, do follow the, uh, follow the path, the NFL and baseball and the NBA is, are, you know, what they're going to try to do next season, you know, play home games with no fans in their actual stadiums. But yeah, like you said, there's no plans right now. They're still talking. And if they want to start, you know, the players want to play January 1st. The owners want them to start January 1st. Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone wants them to start January 1st. But I mean, if they don't speed things up, you know, they got to have something done in the next, oh, I don't know, what, a week or so? Yep. If they, you know, get it, you know, get training camps, you know, traveling, you got to get travel plans, 
safe travel plans finalized. You got to get, and like we just kind of talked about the NBA yesterday. How many pages was that? 138, was it 138 page 134. Protocol? 134 page protocol. Exactly. So that, you know, that's good. That takes time to come up with all that. Absolutely. And, um, to be honest with you, the NHL has a history of being very bad with these kind of negotiations. I mean, in 2005, we've seen the NHL had the the lockout and we've seen a collective bargaining agreement get drawn out to the point where there was another half season lockout uh, earlier this decade. So whenever it comes to talking with the NHL uh, Players Association and the league in general, it's it's really walking on eggshells to make sure that they get these things correct. And like you said, they have about a week left before they can make this decision. I, I I'm skeptical, but I'm also hopeful because I, like I said, I enjoy hockey. I, I love watching players like skate. I love watching a good hockey game, even if it's teams that I don't necessarily care for. Like I hockey to me is a very fun sport, but it's probably, I enjoy it the same way people probably enjoy soccer. It's the anticipation of the goal. It's the, the movement on the ice. It's the, um, it's the hits. It's the, the physicality of the game. I really enjoy it. But with that being said, I mean, it, if they choose not to start, then I, don't want teams to feel like they're being forced into something they feel is very dangerous. You know what I mean? With the, uh, if they're still worried that they're not going to have a bubble this time and they're going to have to travel all over the place and players, um, players that played for the St. Louis blues were talking about how in the MLB, um, they were very worried about, um, how the Cardinals were handling it and they didn't seem to be doing well considering there was an outbreak on the, the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team and St. Louis blues, Alex Peter Angelo was like, he's, he's worried that if they have to go back to uh, a, a season like that, where they don't have the precautions of the bubble that uh, we could see it here. Um, we could see it in any other team because what they were doing with the bubble was something completely different. It was the NHL protecting their players as much as humanly possible with the uh, players being able to travel and uh, have limited travel and um, limited interactions, uh, but still be able to go home to their houses and their, their significant others on a daily basis. It makes it much more difficult. So I can see that the boat they're both in and it's, you're very, you know, you're concerned for them. You, you don't want anyone to get sick. But you're also, it's it's also that same thing where you want the world to continue being the world. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, there is that situation. Um, and the other thing that I want to touch on shortly here, uh, or at least quickly, is um, the NHL isn't necessarily the uh, the safest league whenever it comes to financials. Um, we noticed that there's a lot of teams that could probably weather the storm if they didn't play a season or if they didn't have uh, certain contracts. And if the league were to like, if the, they weren't be able to play and they weren't able to, um, you know, conduct business as usual, a lot of, some of these teams might be struggling. Um, I don't think they're in the same boat as say what the XFL was whenever mm-hmm. they had to close down because they were only in week four of their, um, of their revamp whenever they started this season. But I mean, say they had to cancel the 2020 and the 2021 season, the NHL could have been in some very dire straits. I mean, 
It's not like it's the NFL. It's not like it's Major League Baseball. It, and it's not like it's the NBA for that matter because the NBA has such a few number of players on a team. The MLB has been around forever and each one of their owners are almost billionaires. And um, the NFL is kind of like the poster child of the of America when it comes to sports. So that wasn't going to go anywhere anyways. So... Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you don't see uh, these hockey players getting five hundred million dollar contracts like Patrick Mahomes does in the NFL. You know, exactly. you don't see you know them getting three hundred million dollar deals like Giancarlo yeah. Stanton and you know three hundred plus million dollars like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. You know, it's you just... might see someone get one hundred and twenty, but that's like a ten year contract. Uh, yeah. you might see or like there are people that make good money in the NHL. I mean, there are very famous players. Like you look at Connor McDavid with the Edmonton Oilers. You look at Sidney Crosby with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like there are generational talents in the NHL that get paid correctly. But also it's just like it is when you're the the fourth outfielder on a major league team or you're the the backup kicker on, a, on an NFL team. There's not – all of these guys that play for these professional sport teams aren't all superstars. They're not all the $500 million players. So yeah, you see the fancy guy, you see the fancy people making the fancy people, you see the, the fancy contracts and the superstars in the, um, in the leagues today, but you always, you, you tend to forget that there are guys making league minimum, uh, excuse that. Uh, There are guys making league minimum. There are guys kind of struggling to turn this into a career. So if they're not able to play in 2020 or 2021, what are they doing? Where are they getting their income? Like, what are they doing to support their families? It, it's it's a job. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't have a million, millions of dollars stored up like these big-time superstar players, you know, in the other leagues do. So, they, I mean, this is a data – this is almost uh, – I, I guess it's not exactly – I mean, I guess I guess you could consider it. You know, this is a, a day-to-day job with them. They don't have the money to, you know, you know fall back on, you know. Absolutely. It's just – yeah. And that's what you're going to see here whenever we have our conversation with Joey Zakshevsky of the Rockford Ice Hogs of the American Hockey League. Um, the American Hockey League is filled with a lot of independent teams that aren't necessarily the, uh, the superstars of the AHL. And for that matter, the AHL is a level of hockey that is always kind of struggling to continue to exist in, in North America. These teams need a place for their prospects and their uh, their minor league guys to play, but it's not like the minor leagues are the pro, the the major leagues. You know, people don't want to go see the minor league game. Yes, people enjoy minor league hockey games and minor league baseball games and G League games when they go, but the minor leagues are always considered like a step down. So people don't necessarily treat them the same way they treat professional or the, the top tier MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA leagues. Mm-mm. So with that being said, I think, uh, Justin, I think we did a pretty good job explaining like what kind of difficulties the NHL was going through, what they did well. Um, and what we thought about the, uh, the NHL season here. I, I, I want to, uh, go ahead and throw this over to, uh, the interview that I did a little bit earlier with, uh, Joey Zakchevsky and, um, uh, let you guys hear what he has to say about this. 
Yeah, so hey, we're, guys, we're here today with uh, the Broadcasting and Communications Coordinator for the Rockford Icehogs and former Sam Houston State Bearcat, believe it or not, Joey Zakshevsky. Joey, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing all right, man. It's great to catch up with you. It's been a great minute since uh, we've talked a little Sam Houston State Bearcat action. And uh, no, it's 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 been a wild ride these last uh, dozen years or so since I've been at the Hallowed Halls in Huntsville, Texas. But it's good to see you, my former SHSU uh, hockey teammate. So uh, yeah, it's good to see you, bud. We played uh, one game together. You were great. You played quite a bit. <laughs> I was on the team for, uh, I think, seven practices and uh, one travel. Yeah, so it was great. And I, former teammate. Never forget. No, uh, I got my jersey hanging up, so I, I have not forgotten those wonderful experiences. I never got to keep my Sam uh, hockey jersey, but I still have an ultimate Frisbee jersey. I did there you so go. Well, stuff. I probably wasn't supposed to keep mine either, and I kind of walked away with it. So yeah. don't, don't tell the athletic department. Uh, I don't think they even knew that the hockey team existed. That's uh, also true. <laughs> but yeah, guys, so uh, we've been talking about how the NHL has been dealing with the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, we're just so lucky that a, uh, a Sam Houston State uh, alum is uh, rooted right in the middle of professional hockey right now and professional hockey during the time of this pandemic. And... While it's not the same as uh, necessarily the NHL levels, Joey has extensive knowledge of what's going on at those levels as well, a lot more than we do, and uh, he is dealing with his own set of circumstances that uh, affect the world a lot more than necessarily we're looking at as just, oh, hey, are we going to get hockey back on television? So, Joey, I, I, I really do want to thank you for joining us here today. Um uh, it does mean a lot to us because, you know, we're just trying to get together this l modest little podcast. And yeah. um, we do really want to hear your story because the, the whole thing is about how it's affecting life. And uh, as much as hockey is, um, you know, kind of an afterthought and any sport is kind of an afterthought during this whole pandemic time. It's it's more of a uh, it, we're just super curious on the lives and the the stories that are happening behind the scenes of what is happening with this pandemic. So if you, if you wouldn't mind, uh, yeah, know, give us a little, a uh, little insight here. Yeah. A little breakdown. I mean, it, it's been interesting to say the least. I mean, obviously this is something that nobody's ever experienced uh, in our lifetime for sure. And it's, you know, we're still learning day by day and trying to practice as much patience as we can, even though the hockey season, if it were under uh, what we considered normal circumstances would be, you know, two months, three, two and a half months into their season already right now going into December. So it's um it's been a challenge but as far as uh, i mean not only just minor league hockey but this is minor league sports overall everything for us in the rockford ice Hogs organization and the american hockey league which is just the, you know the the primary feeder like triple a baseball is to the major league baseball uh primary feeder to major leagues and everything kind of came to a close back in march and i vividly remember you know just the confusion and the 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 unique circumstances and at the time i mean we knew of COVID-19 and, and that was when, you know, you started hearing everything coming from overseas and making its way to the United States and people getting some cases here and there and getting really sick and, and, uh, but you just didn't understand the magnitude of it. And, and it really hit hard that week of, I believe our last game was March 8th. And that was the finish up a three game and three day weekend. It was a busy weekend, a lot of hockey going on, a lot of traveling going on. Some of the, a lot of home games in that stretch too. So from my end, like a lot of behind the scenes in the marketing department and promotions and all that fun stuff but yeah when 
that game on March 8th came to a close. That was a Sunday, I believe. Uh, that's when we learned right after that game that the first case was picked up in, in the NBA. I believe they got the first one. So then it's like, okay, like it's on our playing field, like different arena, but it's, it's in our, in our wheelhouse now. And then from that point on, the dominoes just started to fall, showed up to work that next, you know, the next day, that Monday. And we had, you know, community appearances. We had a radio coaches show planned. We had a bunch of stuff for the week planned. Um, and all that got squashed in, in, uh, in a blink of an eye. So yeah, that was, that was interesting and, and, and very vivid in, in my memory, just trying to pivot and communicate, you know, being the communications guy, like people look to the organization on, you know, what's the next step for all these individual events being upcoming games or community events or autographs, whatever. And then, you know, the season overall and, and, and things like that. So that was, uh, that was unique. And then at the time the season wasn't canceled. Like it was, there was still, you know, we're going to take this maybe month, pause couple week pause see what happens like how are we going to react as as a league as a country and and figure that out well you know it grew obviously from there and and you know it, it went from a pause to a cancellation of the rest of the year like at the time march you're going into maybe april so you missed about a, a solid month's worth of games and then the playoffs after that so you were kind of already at the tail end of the season so you could you know, somewhat say like, okay, like where you were currently were is, is how you're going to finish. And we can, we can be okay with that. Uh, so one from the cancellation and then, you know, it's, it's in that gap, there was about a month and a half time. So there was still a lot of optimisms, you know, we're, we're only paused, you know, for my role and, and, and the organization, you know, we were rebroadcasting a lot of games, which fans really liked. We picked up some old archive games from previous years, some playoff games that people really liked, or maybe a game that had, you know, talk. You still had a lot of fights or a lot of goals or things like that, that, you know, you don't mind sitting on your couch while, you know, self-quarantining with your family and watching, you know, another hour and a half the two hour broadcast of this unique event so that was a lot of fun actually i you know there was a lot of content to pump out i think you know there were teams that like the ice hogs we were broadcasting games like monday wednesday friday and then i think saturday night was like a another game so i mean that's four rebroadcasts a day because again we thought everything was going to come back in a month or two mm-hmm. but then when when uh you started running out of games really quickly with that. It's like, well, I can only, you know, rebroadcast this game so many times. And you started to run out of content and, and you know, people were, you know, wanting to know what's going to happen. We had six home games left at the time of the pause. So people were starting to wonder like, well, you know, are we going to go to those games? Those games, you know, are still deemed rescheduled. They will be rescheduled at another time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of questions about that. A lot of questions from corporate sponsorships, you know, are we going to get our, add dollars worth or promotional dollars worth from those last six games and possibly the playoffs. The Ice Hogs were in the middle of a playoff push. And in fact, they were tied for the final playoff spot at the time of the pause. So, you know, another month down the road, who knows, they could have been sitting pretty. So, you know, tied with 62 points might add you. Yeah. So it was just, you know what, like there, there was a lot of optimism there. It's like, you know what, we're going to make a, we're going to make a push for this thing. We're in the push for this thing. Like, so, you know, people wanting to know about playoff tickets and, and current tickets and corporate sponsorships and carryovers and, and all that fun stuff. So that, you know, that month, month and a half kind of came and went, and that's when it turned from a season pause to a season cancellation. And that's, uh, 
right around the same time, you know, again, the AHL American Hockey League is in lockstep with the National Hockey League. So that was around the same time the National Hockey League said, okay, regular season's over. We'll come up with a battle plan for the playoffs. Well, Mm -hmm. that wasn't really the case for American Hockey League teams, be it building availability or individual rules and restrictions per the cities that they were in. Travel restrictions were at, you know, the border was closed. So there's so many teams up in Canada that can't, you know, participate. And so that was when the AHL said, okay, we're just done and uh, we'll turn the page. So you kind of mosey on into a couple more, uh, you know, weeks turn into months rather quickly, especially in the summertime where you're looking at June, July and August. And you're starting to wonder like, okay, like when's, when's there going to be some light at the end of the tunnel. And that's when the American hockey league announced, well, the original date was to be beginning of December was when we're going to start up again. So I was like, okay, there it is. Like, you know, if you had tickets and you had, you know, plans for coming at the end of last season, well, we're going to carry those over into next year. You can use those as vouchers. You can use them for the opening night game. You can use them for whenever you want or, you know, however you want to, however you want to spin it. And that was kind of the mindset there of like, you know, rewarding our fans for being patient and, and saying like, okay, you know, holiday season's coming. You're going to probably going to have a lot of family in town. It's right after Thanksgiving, like get everybody out of the house, use those tickets you haven't used in addition to your new tickets and, and uh, let's go have a ball. Well, December, you know, we're touching December here pretty quickly and that's not the case anymore. So it was about a month ago now from when you and I are talking that uh, the league pushed everything back again. Uh, and now it's to February 5th is the target date for the American Hockey League. And the National Hockey League is still working out plans for uh, or playing starting uh, just after the beginning of the first of January. So that's kind of the the battle plan right now. And it's it's been interesting. And behind the scenes, too, I mean, you're looking at, you know, a lot of people that, you know, rely, especially in the off season of, you know, marketing strategies and planning season ticket sales. That's your big push group sales. Normally you get your schedule for your new year, right around July 4th. So that's when, you know, you start locking up those dates for promotions and, and, and getting everybody buckled in on what's available for church groups and boy scout night. And, and, you know, when's your hockey fights cancer night and when's your teddy bear toss night and when, when's all your major events, you know, opening night is what. And, and uh, that just unfortunately didn't come to be. And, and for a lot of minor league teams, not just hockey. I mean, you're looking at baseball too, that lost their season. You're looking at, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of what other, I think baseball is probably the biggest minor league sport comparable to it that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know what, like a lot of people had to be, you know, laid off or furloughed just because, you know, there's no new revenue coming in because there's no games to sell, nothing to promote. So, you know, that had to unfortunately happen. Like we've seen across the board for so many employees of major companies that are, are getting the, the, the furlough and the, and the layoff emails. So that started to happen. Um, some of it started to happen right away with some of the fringe people on the outside game day, people, people that are, you know, hourly just come in, you know, a handful of times a day. Um, and then there, there was like people that have been with organizations for, you know, decades mm-hmm. that were getting those emails too. So, it was a very sad time to see. And at the same time, I mean, people need, you know, that income in some capacity to, you know, pay bills and support their families and, and, and keep upright. So, yes, yeah, so the ice hogs, no exempt to that, to where basically now we're kind of down to our final handful of people, uh, myself included. And even I'm working, you know, unique every other week's situations and, and brought in to really kind of help run the communications, not just the ice hogs, but of the building as well, because, uh, uh, BMO Harris Bank Center, the arena where the Ice Hogs play that, you know, hosts a bunch of different concerts and events. And and uh, that same group also owns a local theater uh, where, you know, classical music and, and smaller concerts come into play and, and the orchestra plays, too. So it's I'm a part of that communications team now, which is nice to, to help out and kind of 
take a step back and get a bigger picture, three thousand, you know, thirty thousand foot look of not just how the hockey team's operating, but the building itself and the theater itself. So that's it's been nice and it has kept me in the in the know of what's going on. But needless to say, it's it's been a challenge. I know a lot of people are 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 trying to find the silver linings, which, you know, you get a lot more family time now, yeah. <laughs> whether you want it or not, you're this spending time with your family. So, you know, it was, this was probably the first Thanksgiving I've spent at home with my family and who knows how long, probably I've been doing this for what, 14 years now. So probably the first time in 14 years, same thing with the holiday season and Christmas coming up. It's going to be the same, you know, that kind of time too. Um, and then we'll see what, uh, the new year brings and you know february 5th is still that date that the american hockey league and the national hockey league are going to try and get this league up and running then that's awesome and you know you enjoy the time you're going to be obviously safe a lot of different procedures are going to change mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's been an interesting ride and in some ways it's really drug along and had me spinning in circles and trying to figure out what to do next and then there's times where i feel like where did all this go maybe the uncertainty just kind of was planted in my mind to kind of you know keep a sharp eye and with that that kind of wears you down on a day-by-day -day basis and march turns into late november rather quickly this is absolutely true i uh i, I would like to take a, a moment here to touch on a couple things that you said um, yeah i do want to point out that the as you mentioned the league uh suspended play on march 12th 2020 uh we mentioned that the nhl paused theirs around the same time as well um the the AHL did not award a Calder Trophy this year, as uh, as the playoffs did not happen. Uh, however, they did give away the McGregor Kilpatrick Trophy, which is the team with the best record that went to the Milwaukee Admirals. Um, and uh, I will say that uh, the league did decide to uh, postpone the twenty or twenty nineteen twenty twenty season on May eleventh. And that's when they, uh, they, they shut it down. And uh, we, we had already talked about uh, Rudy Gobert and uh, the Utah Jazz having the first cases of uh, COVID in the NBA, which kind of sparked the rest of the league or the rest of the leagues to kind of take notice and uh, decide what they were going to do. And um, it is interesting, especially for minor league teams, because um, unlike professional teams, they don't have their own arena. And a lot of the times they are sharing it with professional teams. Uh, take, for example, here in Houston, uh, when they did have the the Houston Arrows, they were sharing it with they were sharing the Toyota Center with the Houston Rockets, with WWE, whenever they were coming in with uh whatever show was happening at the arena that night. So pretty much any sport that was going on at the Toyota center was all vulnerable to that. Now I know that the, the arrows aren't happening at the exact same time as uh, COVID-19, but it, you just got to imagine everybody that would be coming through that arena. This is happening to all these minor league teams as well. Uh, primarily because a lot of them are independent and they're renting their own rink time, uh, which becomes inherently expensive uh, as well as making sure travel for all of your teams, everything like that. It, it, there's just so much financial that goes into running a, a sports league. And I know it's easy for uh, average Joe to sit back and be like, man, I miss my sports or man, I miss paying attention to my favorite team. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's hard because yes, these teams want to play. That's how they make their money. But if you're not going to the games and uh there's also a public health pandemic going around. It's hard to be like, yeah, no, everything's going to go as normal because you have to like, especially for minor league games. And Joey, you can probably attest to this. 
you need people through the door to continue operating. It's nice that you have an affiliate with a um, with the professional team, and some professional teams do own their minor league teams. But mm-hmm. you were mentioning to me that the uh, the Ice Hogs are uh, an, an independent team, so they rely on uh, um, corporate sponsorships and uh, people coming in through the, the ticket sales. If yep. you don't have ticket sales, there's no hockey league happening. So. And as much as there might be a hockey league happening because you need players for the pros uh, in case there's injuries or sicknesses or players just not playing up the snuff, you need to uh, you need to be able to afford to let them be on the ice. So it, it's a very interesting situation, especially in the minor leagues that we're looking at with this uh, with the world of pandemic sports here. I, I, I know that sounds like a, a, a weird way to phrase this, but it is like a whole wide world dealing with this pandemic and the wide world of sports is, uh, is taking it kind of rough, but it is interesting. And you have to admit, there's a lot of people behind the scenes, a lot of people busting their butts right now to make sure that things are continuing to, you know, chug along because I, as much as we hate to admit it, sports has become a major part of the world. If you don't have yeah. the entertainment from sports, if you don't have the um, the the distraction from everyday life, uh, things things become overwhelming. And if you with a distraction like uh, professional sports or um, uh, entertainment like movies and stuff like that if, if those things didn't exist or we didn't have reasons to get involved with them it, there's a lot more things that could be piling and piling up like that so well I think to that point too I mean you start to see the value of what it means to your community to have these these outlets these assets because some people you know there there are, there are fans of the, of sports that go because they're a fan of the team. They're a fan of the, the game. They're a fan, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, you know, with the Brockford Ice Hogs and the American Hockey League, they're affiliated with the Chicago Blackhawks, which are just down the road. You know, a lot of a lot of Chicagoans live in Rockford, you know, commute, all that kind of fun. So there there are people that – but there's also people that come come to these events to say, you know, to your point, to find entertainment. It's an entertainment venture, and that's probably the biggest um, – conversation being had is is you know the ice songs professional sports professional hockey you know are right in line with you know movie theaters competing for your entertainment dollar uh mm-hmm. local rec leagues competing com- competing for your entertainment dollar uh, national parks and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. competing for your entertainment dollar so you know shopping is competing for your entertainment dollar so it, it's all lumped together in that same venture and then to go on your previous point too is is yeah, like what I think what people are starting to realize now, especially with like you know a lot of transparency and communication has helped with this. Um, you know, just to 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 turn on the lights of the arena to host one Rockford Ice Hogs game costs X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's the lights, that's you know the the staff to work it, the security guards, that's you know for its ice hockey, it's you know you got to run chillers to keep the ice cold, you got to you know pow- somebody to power up and run the zambonis, you got you know somebody to turn on all these other bells and whistles, and so I mean there's an inherent cost right from the get go, and basically Absolutely. your corporate sponsor sale and your ticket sales. Um, and getting people to come to your building and, and and buy concessions and buy merchandise and pay for the parking and and uh, and and spend that entertainment dollar is is what kind of helps not only pay for your time and effort and staffing in the building but also you know to turn over and maybe play another game you know and and kind of have that turn into a season and so on and so forth so 
that's where you know you're, you're starting to see a lot of teams you know toy with the idea of you know using new technology to kind of help you know it, you know enhance the customer experience you're seeing a lot of you know mobile and online things starting to pop up whether it's you know mobile ordering for concession stand food or you know curbside pickup and, and online ordering for your merchandise and and things like that and uh and even like uh, there's a minor league baseball team a stone's throw away just up uh, right across the border in beloit the ice hockey maybe 10 minutes away from the wisconsin illinois border uh the beloit snappers like they lost their entire minor league season because you know we're talking about the pandemic for hockey coming in march mm-hmm. and basketball that's at the tail end of your year baseball is just getting ramped up with spring training and you know and that's a whole thing where you got the major league team and you know a slew of minor league affiliates underneath you Mm-hmm. And they didn't even have a chance to open up the doors. So baseball, eventually major leagues did, but minor leagues, no way. So like even the snappers were trying to, you know, create a, a fun fan entertainment experience by, you know, offering some of their, you know, favorite concession stand items and, and uh, you know, being able to come to the ballpark and at least, you know, see a little bit of the sights and sounds minus the game and the people and the fans. So it, it's interesting to see how these these organizations are are, are making new entertainment uh, out of all this, and and I mean, ice songs were the same thing. How do we, you know, make entertainment for people that are stuck at home? And that's where the rebroadcast came into play, and and different interviews. We had you know players do you know Facebook live sessions where fans actually got to ask like questions, and they got to answer like kind of like an ask me anything situation that isn't always you know, available in season where you got that one-on-one contact and, and unique uh, experience. So yeah, it's different, but I, I think people are, are, have really started to understand now that it, it takes, it takes an army. It takes a village to really get, uh, you know, one game going, let alone two games going and, and uh, the value of, uh, of a ticket and the value of a corporate sponsorship, just because, I mean, for minor leagues, that's, that's everything. If you can't have people in the building to buy your tickets, to eat your food, to, you know, look at your concession stands to, to look at the dasher boards and the, you know, outfield wall of a baseball stadium and, and find your local, you know, car dealership or bank or a healthcare provider or whatever the sponsorships might be and cash in on that, then, I mean, it's going to be hard to play, but then I think that's where a lot of NHL teams right now are battling. Cause as we touched upon earlier, NHL's trying to still play in January. AHL is going to be in February. You know, where do these prospects go? Where, where are they going to play? You know, major league teams want pe- players to play. That's their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And then for the minor league teams, like, yeah, it'd be great to have players, but at the same time, like we gotta, you know, we gotta find a way to, pay the bills to turn the lights on. So, you know, what's that relationship going to look like? And I know there's a lot of ongoing conversations uh, with many teams and their NHL clubs, whether they're owned or independent to, to make that happen. Absolutely. Joey, I really want to thank you for your time here today, buddy. Um, I think that's going to do it for us here. Joey, uh, I, I know they can find you on Twitter. It's uh, Joey Z Radio, correct? Yeah. At Joey, Joey Z Radio. Radio if you guys want to uh, find out more about Joey and what he's got going on. Is there anything else you'd like to plug before we uh, let you take off? I know that the season, like you said, starts February 5th, but um, or supposedly February 5th at the moment. We're keeping fingers crossed for that. <laughs> yeah you know what and we've been talking a little bit off air of just again like it's going to be a unique situation for you know positions like ours where you know at one point in time we used to do x and now we're learning new skills and new tasks to do uh to do even more or how to pivot and, and, and change a little bit so it's it's interesting it's great to catch up with another sam houston alum i know you're doing uh great things with the, with the athletic department and the communications department out in huntsville and and it's fun to see that grow i get the magazines every month and I'm not, I think if I walked on campus, I might recognize a building or two, but uh, yeah, my, my biggest thing is, is 
you know, for people to keep being patient, it's, it's unique. I know people are starting to get pretty fatigued if they're not already, but uh, I know uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and, and again, be fluid and, and be willing to try new things and, and be, uh, be available and, and good things will happen. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Joey. I hope you have a great day and I uh, hope you had a great holiday. Have uh, Enjoy the rest of the year and uh, let's go Ice Hogs. <laughs> go Hogs. Thank you, Jake. Good to see you, buddy. Bye. And that was uh, Joey Zakshevsky talking with me a little bit earlier today of the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs of the American Hockey League. Joey, we both want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us here today. Thank you so much. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's rough out there from what you guys hear. It, it's not all... Uh, Stanley Cup wins and, uh, you know, travel with teams and uh, winning or making millions and millions of dollars. These teams are fighting to survive. And as much as uh, we all want sports to continue to exist, these people need sports to exist or at least to maintain their way of life. And the sooner we can get back to, uh, um, the health of this nation being the number one priority, the faster we can get them back out there in full capacity, the faster things go back to normal when we're watching sports. And that's, I think that's the first thing that people want when they're watching sports. Like as much as 72 game seasons are fun for a 162 game regular season, or, or as much as these playoff bubbles were fun to watch, they still felt different and different is okay, but different is different we want as a collective our sports to be our sports. I feel that's why the NFL is doing so well in terms of popularity right now, even without fans in the crowds, you're still getting 16 games. You're still getting the full rosters. You're still getting the full experience of an actual game. Oh yeah. It's, it's basically, you know, yeah, like you said, the NFL, you know, they're play they're basically playing almost a normal season, you know, with some, of course, with the protocols in uh, in place, but yeah, it's definitely one of the reasons why I think they are. You know, I think they're actually in the lead in terms of uh, popularity right now when it mm. comes to the other sports leagues because you know they actually do. I know some teams actually do have some fans in attendance. It's not, of course, I think it's less than like it's like twenty percent. I think I know the Houston Texans. At their last home game, I believe they had 13,000 in the stands, or that, that was the announced attendance. So sounds like the NFL is trying to uh, push forward, and I think, you know, ultimately um, that's kind of how sports is going to return to normalcy eventually. You know, they're going to let people, you know, they're going to start to let fans back in little by little. Now, whether that's the safest thing to do, whether it's, you know, if, is it going to work? Is it going to fail? But, you know, it's, you know, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys start somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's going to wrap it up here for the NHL and professional hockey in North America. Uh, Justin, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today to, to uh, talk about the uh, hockey and how it dealt with COVID. And um, I know that we're both excited about the, uh, the start of the 2021 season. And I do hope that, once things get back to normal and we can actually start going to games that you and I can go to a stars game sometime and maybe I'll buy you a beer while we're there. <laughs> I'm look, uh, looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Bubble Team tonight. As always, I'm Jake Whitco. And I'm Justin Blum. We uh, will look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Have a great night. <laughs>